Welcome to episode number 27 of the Raw Food Podcast. I am your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and in this episode, we're going to be talking all about nut milks. So stay tuned, and I will be back with you very shortly. Now, we all know that I am known for my simple, satisfying raw food recipes, and I do enjoy being simple. And how I got to be this way was because I am sort of a lazy person and I don't actually enjoy spending a lot of time in the kitchen, as strange as that may sound. So I must admit that although this is the episode about raw nut milk, I actually don't even use nut milk that much. I love it, but I do find that I am lazy and I just don't really use a lot of nut milk in my everyday life. I think before I went raw, I definitely had a lot of soy milk or almond milk and I would eat traditional cereal or was never really a big drinker of milk per se, even soy milk, like with a big glass. I certainly make it on occasion, but I don't keep it in my fridge all the time. But that being said, I know a lot of you definitely want to make your own nut milk and I do know how to do it and I have made it many times, but it's not something that I make every day. So without further ado, let's talk about the nut milk. So what I thought we would do today is firstly, talk just a little bit about how to make it. And we're going to talk a little bit about using almonds as your nut milk base or using cashews and why we might want to use one or the other. And then I thought at the end, I would answer some frequently asked questions that I receive about nut milk. And some of those questions are like, do we need to soak it? How long can you store it in the fridge? And and how do you use it? So recipes that call for it, that kind of thing. So let's just really begin by talking about those dreaded words. Three words that terrified me for many years. Are you ready? Do you know what they are? N-M-B, the nut milk bag. (laughs) I always thought that you needed a nut milk bag, which is some sort of mesh thing that you buy at the health food store. It's like a little sack made of cheesecloth. And I didn't have one and I knew you needed one and it just freaked me out. So the first few years that I was raw, I really didn't even do nut milks per se at all. I just couldn't even handle the idea of it. I do find that I get intimidated by certain words or certain ideas and the nut milk bag really was scary to me. So firstly, let's talk about why you may or may not need a nut milk bag. So the whole idea, as I mentioned, is that it's this mesh kind of cheesecloth bag so that you can strain your nut milk. Let's go through a very clear example. We take some almonds, let's say four, no, one cup of almonds and four cups of water. In a simplistic way, let's just blend them all together in a blender. So that's going to kind of look like a white nut milk. But when you drink it, and I remember experiencing this with Brazil nuts when I I did experiment with a little bit with nut milk before I had a nut milk bag. And so when I But okay, let's talk back. So we've got these almonds and we've just blended them up with some water. It kind of looks like milk, 
quote, using air quotes here, milk, but it has some, if you just drink it straight like that, which some people do, it's kind of gritty. It's not so much that it's thick, it's just like there are little pieces of sand, so to speak, floating around in it. So the idea of the nut milk bag is, well, you've got this nut milk that you made in your blender, but now what you're going to do is pour the nut milk, in our case, almond milk, through this strainer, so to speak, this bag, this NMB, the scary thing called a nut milk bag. And then it's going to keep all that gritty stuff, which is basically called almond pulp. It keeps it in the bag. And then what streams through into your glass is your almond milk that does not have this gritty pulp. This, what are they? Why am I blanking? Um, almond pulp, I guess, is what it is called. So that, I kind of knew all that and I thought, oh lord, I cannot handle that. The bag and its craziness, it just was too much for me. So um, I kind of avoided it. I do feel, even though I'm not a picky person, that I personally don't like the taste of almond milk. Well, the grittiness, unless you strain it. So for a long time, I just kind of avoided the whole subject. Now, what I want to int introduce to you, well, let me say one other thing. So at one point, I must have felt very ambitious. And I was like, all right, I have this cheesecloth that is kind of like a nut milk bag. So I'm going to try to pour an entire blender um, into another big bowl, like a blender's full of gritty almond milk and use this cheesecloth and just use it as a barrier. And like, I'm sure I can strain it. I don't need a nut milk bag. Come on, people. Nobody needs a nut milk bag. This is what I thought. And to be honest with you, I actually had a terrible time just using the cheesecloth because what happened to me was it uh, basically, you'd think it would be fine. Can't, why can't you just strain it through cheesecloth? Well, what happens is the pulp totally plugs up the cheesecloth. And so it just didn't work. It just went everywhere and I was just a big mess of cheesecloth and that was my one experience with it a long time ago and I thought okay I can't handle this but to be honest you actually do need some kind of nut milk bag because I tried it without it and it actually didn't work and I was surprised because I'm very cheap and I was like I don't think I want to buy this whole nut milk bag thing but one thing that I did realize that when I was intimidated by the nut milk bag that instead of using almonds or Brazil nuts, essentially nuts that need to have be strained um, in in a milk form anyway. I could make cashew milk, which because the cashew has less fiber or whatever the reason is, it really doesn't have that pulp, so you don't need to strain it. So what I would do when I wanted some kind of nut milk, I would just make cashew milk instead. Because then all you would need to do is put your cashews in the blender with some water, blend it up, and it didn't have that grittiness. So you didn't even have to have a nut milk bag or any kind of straining experience at all. So for a long time, that is what I did. I just made either a very plain cashew milk, which would be just cashews and water, you know, maybe similar to your almond milk, let's say four cups of water to one cups of, cup of nuts. And that was fine, but I did find, and if you know me with my recipes, 
I was using a lot of cashews for a lot of different recipes because they're awesome and they're so creamy and so easy to work with. But at a certain point, a couple of years ago, I started to feel like, oh man, too many cashews in my life. So I did splurge and I got the nutmuck bag and I definitely figured out that, oh my gosh, it's not that bad. Once you own, it's kind of like anything else, you know, once you actually do the thing, it's not as scary, but somehow for me, the idea of it, as I mentioned before, was really freaky. Anyway, so I got a nut milk bag, and um, which is just a little mesh bag with usually a drawstring. And you, the reason it works is because it's really good at keeping the pulp in there. Because you'd actually be surprised if you have four cups of water, one cup of almonds, you will get a huge wad of almond pulp out of it. And... Anyway, so really what I'm trying to get you to understand here is if you're going to have almond milk or Brazil nuts or other types of, of nuts like that, you really do need an almond, no, sorry, a nut milk bag in order to strain that pulp out to really enjoy the milk in a more normal way. But if you're freaked out like I was, you can try to do cashew milk and um, that works, that works fine as well. And that doesn't require any straining. And in terms of cashew milk, uh, one of the things I used to make quite a bit a few years ago, and I don't make so much anymore, was I would really enjoy making a sweet cashew milk, which uh, I believe was a cup of cashews, three cups of water, two tablespoons of a sweetener, like a honey or whatever, some vanilla, a teaspoon of cinnamon, a pinch of salt, and sometimes I would even add almond extract as well. And essentially you just blend that up and then you've instantly got your sweet cashew milk. And I definitely enjoyed having that. It was a really nice treat, um, you know, to have even with a cookie or uh, on top of some raw cereal or something like that. So that was a really nice option as well to have a sweet milk, maybe, especially if you're trying to transition your children over into trying different types of milks and that sort of thing. So cashew milk is definitely a nice idea if you're kind of transitional and trying to, or just explore things uh, in a very basic way. So those are, that's the general idea of nut milk and how it works. You'll see that I've, on my YouTube channel at the, at youtube.com slash the Rotarian, I recently posted a video talking in general about soaking your nuts. So at this point in the, this podcast, by the way, I'm kind of moving into the frequently asked questions. So one of them is whether or not you should soak your nuts when you're making nut milk. And in that video where I talk not so much specifically about nut milks, but just generally about using nuts in general, um, the main point that I make in that video is that let's make a decision that you're going to do whatever is going to work for you to help you in your life, stay eating as high raw as you want to eat. And in that video, I, I use an example of saying, what if you ask me whether you should only eat organic fruits and vegetables, 100% only organic fruits and vegetables. If you can do that, A, if you can afford that, B, if you have um, access to all the organic fruits and vegetables that you want to have in my area in uh, rural Canada I can't necessarily get all of the organic produce that I wish to have but my point is 
if you can do that and actually be sustainable with it, then, oh my gosh, I love it. Go for it. Do it. If that's going to completely blow out your budget, make it unsustainable, impossible for you to do and overwhelm you as well and mean that you're just going to completely fall off the wagon because you're striving for this perfectionism, then let's just relax people and eat as much organic as you can, but don't stress yourself out about it too much. So bringing it back to this milk or the nut milk sort of soaking idea, it's the same thing. If you maybe are like a stay-at-home mom and you have, you're sort of like a home economist in a way and you have a lot of time and you're doing it all right and you're an amazing woman and I love you and you're amazing, then sure, let's soak your nuts for uh, maybe eight hours in advance and you want to soak them in the fridge uh, before you make your nut milk. And what this will do is a few things. It will and you're going to rinse them before you make your nut milk. So what that will do is it will remove some of the enzyme inhibitors, which is always a good thing. And essentially what that is, is the nuts they're, and seeds, they have this essentially a, a natural coating on them that stops them from growing because they need to kind of only grow when they're in the right conditions and only try to grow when they're in the right conditions. So there's this thing called the enzyme inhibitor, which is essentially um, a coating, natural coating on nuts and seeds that inhibits them from growing essentially. So when we soak the nuts for a long time, such as eight hours, for example, it will kind of wash off that coating. So that is, that coating is not going to kill you, but it is preferable to wash it off, sure. Much like how it's preferable to eat an organic piece of, an organic, whatever, cucumber versus a non-organic one. Um, there was something else I was going to say about that, about the soaking. Oh, and the, so that removing the enzyme inhibitor is one nice benefit. Another benefit that I really actually think is very important as well is that it soaking nuts no matter what you're going to use it for does make them easier to digest in your body so that is definitely true and some people who have trouble digesting nuts may want to spend more time soaking than others for me for example um, I don't have any problems digesting nuts myself and I sometimes I soak and sometimes I don't and frequently I would say I do not soak more than I soak but these facets are all true. It is better if you soak, for sure. But I think we all need to start where we're at today. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are eating Kentucky Fried Chicken for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but you want to make a change, let's just start by making nut milk without soaking it. We don't need to be perfect at the beginning. And what I find as well is that Oh, I mean, I could go off. You know, I really enjoy talking about behavior change and modifying our own behaviors and making um, things easier so that we can succeed. So I guess what I'm trying to say here before I spend too long on this on this part of the, the call is that what we really want to do is set ourselves up for success. And if you're in a really bad place with your food and you're trying to experiment with this, we'll just screw the soaking and let's just try to see if you can even make it once. And then, but if you're in a different headspace, if you've been making nut milk for like 10 years and you're a superstar at it and you've got a lot of things figured out and you've already learned a lot, then maybe you could soak your nuts more because it is better 
but we need to just start where we're at and set ourselves up for success and not trying to be too perfect at the beginning because many people will think that they need to do things in a perfect way so they put off starting when really what I want to encourage you to do is make the tiny steps that you can do today and rather than be perfect I'd rather see you do something today than think that someday tomorrow you will be perfect if that made any sense so about soaking if you can here's my basic answer if I uh, make it more concise optional soak in advance for eight hours in your fridge in a bowl so fill up a bowl completely cover the nuts with water stick that in your fridge for eight hours then the next day if you want to make your nut milk you can rinse so like get rid of all that water and then just give them a nice clean rinse and then you can put those nuts in the blender but you do not have to do that and in fact if you've never made nut milk don't even bother with that is what i would say but the other thing i should add to that is another reason why i find it is more annoying especially for people who aren't used to soaking nuts is there's kind of a sweet spot for soaking nuts if you let them soak too long so if your life is crazy and all you can do is like okay well maybe i'll soak these nuts then if you and then you don't actually get around to making the nut milk till like the weekend and they've been soaking for four days they can definitely go funky and you'll know and they smell funky so if your life is crazy just don't do the soaking (laughs) um all right so now a second frequently asked question about nut milk is how long can we store the nut milk? Now, I should have actually looked up what was in the store-bought nut milks, like Almond Dream or whatever else that is store-bought. Those can sit on the shelf at the grocery store for months, I'm assuming. Then they can stay in your fridge and be, quote-unquote, fresh for, I don't really know, but let's say maybe two weeks. So that is great, but whatever they're doing, and I don't exactly know what it is, but they're doing something, and I should have looked that up before recording this, but whatever they're doing, it's not like that with real almond milk, unfortunately. So when you're making almond milk at home, fresh, it does not keep for very long. So let me give you a basic thing is let's say the first two days it's beautiful it's divine right around day three or four it starts to get funky and this is even if you've taken all the right steps you even let's say you soaked it for eight hours and you made the milk and then you put it directly in the fridge it will still get funky and sour and sometimes kind of thick uh around day like three to four and you will know the texture will change it's probably not going to kill you but it gets funky I mean, at some point, it may kill you if you let it go for years. I don't know. But really, it does not last that long. So uh, for me personally, because I don't uh, drink it that often, I don't even make a very big batch because it tends, when I do make it, it if I don't drink it all quite quickly, then it gets funky. And, and then, you know, everything, when it's right on the cusp of, you're like, ooh, I think it's almost going funky. And then you kind of don't want to drink it either, so just bear that in mind Um, so that's regarding the storing of it and so you of course want to store that in the fridge and I've stored it we used to use sort of like traditional juice containers to use our nut milk to store it so that was just like plastic jugs with a lid on it and that worked 
pretty well, I guess, if, if you're okay with plastic in your life. But what I tended to do in more recent years was just use a mason jar and put the lid on it and put that in the in the fridge. And then uh, I would just, you know, kind of sterilize them in the dishwasher in between uses just by putting them in there. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say about the storage of nut milk. And then, of course, a very basic question is, well, how does one use their nut milk? What do you use it in? What's a good way to use it up before it goes bad? And that kind of question. So some very basic uses. I'll just name off three that are kind of top of mind for me. One is you can just drink it up as a glass, you know, with with a meal or a snack. Two, we have putting it on top of raw cereal. And for me, that's traditionally been the best way that I've enjoyed my nut milk. I don't really drink it on its own too much. I do enjoy having it on a raw cereal. And I do have a couple of recipes actually for all these nut milks and for the cereals that I'm going to talk about at for free at therawtarian.com. Just use the search bar there and you can look for breakfast recipes or or just type directly the recipe that you're looking for. But essentially, regarding the cereal, I definitely have a really popular recipe called the Rotarian's Breakfast Bowl. And it, it's essentially you're just making a little bit of a, um, almost like a little granola um, kind of thing, and then adding a shredded apple, which gives it a really, really nice texture. And if you're in a rush, sometimes I will make it and I won't shred the apple. I will just chop the apple. But that has been, so you might have apple and raisins and almonds and sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and buckwheat groats and chia seeds or whatever, like whatever you kind of have. I tend to switch it up and make it very different every day. So I'm making my own cereal just in a one-off, one-serving kind of thing in the morning. I have that a lot of the time. And then you can just pour your your nut milk on top of that. So I definitely enjoy my nut milk that way. I know a lot of people, or a lot of recipes anyway, will call for nut milk in a smoothie. And for me, I never really do that. To me, I'm sure it would make the smoothie even better. But usually I kind of feel like, oh man, I just went all through all this work to make this nut milk and now all I'm going to do is add it to a smoothie? To me, that somehow seems like a waste of effort. I'm not saying it is, but for me, I just don't tend to do that because somehow I definitely have a sort of a scarcity mindset when it comes to certain things of food, like cacao nibs. So they're kind of like a substitute for chocolate chips. I have a tiny package in my cupboard and I never use them because I feel like it has to be a special occasion when I use this thing or I don't want to waste them. Because they're expensive and they're kind of a treat. So I think I have a similar mindset. So that's probably just maybe some sort of mental problem I need to get over that I don't like to like use the really good stuff unless I really get to enjoy it. Like if someone told me to put cacao nibs in a smoothie, I would never do that because somehow it's like, but you're not getting to enjoy them in the right way. I don't know. That's This is not helpful, but I'm just sharing more about my, uh, what the word, what is the word I'm looking for? My... Uh, of craziness. <laughs> so that is pretty much all I really wanted to say about nut milk, really. So again, just to recap, if you have a nut milk bag, definitely almond is probably the easiest milk to start with and probably the most traditional as well. And um, 
Now, one thing I don't know about the nutrition. I think generally one thing I know, comparing cashew milk and almond milk, I believe going off memory, almonds actually have three times the amount of protein that cashews do. So on a kind of pound for pound basis, if it doesn't really matter, you should probably be eating or consuming almonds more than cashews. So, but I don't know. And that's one thing I wanted to look up as well was if the protein would be confined and it probably would be. And I don't actually know the answer to this in the almond pulp. Oh, this is totally something I should share with you as well regarding the almond pulp. So if you have just made almond milk and then you've got a nice jug in your mason jar of fresh milk that has no pulp in it and over here on your counter you can look down and you see your cheesecake or not cheesecake mm. oh wouldn't you love it if you looked over at your counter and you saw cheesecake but what i meant to say was uh cheesecloth <laughs> that's funny your cheesecloth bag which is full of this nut milk pulp so almond pulp um, now what are you supposed to do with that? So frequently what I will say, especially if you're just starting, just starting out and you, it's maybe your first time with any kind of healthy homemade kind of recipe like this, let's just take that nut milk. Oh, what am I normally? Almond pulp. Let's Lord Jane call it almond pulp. Let's take the almond pulp. Let's put it in a plastic bag, like a Ziploc bag. And just put that in the freezer and let's not worry about it right now. But what could happen in future, or if you're sort of more organized and able to handle these kinds of things, is you can make things with your almond pulp. So frequently it could be used in crackers that you are dehydrating. Some people will just dehydrate the almond pulp itself. So they'll just scatter the pulp on a dehydrator and turn it into like almond flour and then sort of store that or use that in further raw recipes. That to me is too complicated. So what I tend to do is I will sometimes just pop it in the freezer and defrost it and use it later in a recipe as an ingredient. Uh, or sometimes too, I will make a very simple almond pulp recipe at the same time that I've made my almond milk just to kind of get rid of it. Because one thing that I tend to do generally with all of my food is I tend to take a few hours on the weekend and do a whole bunch of stuff at once. For me, I find that just works better. So I might make almond milk and then make almond pulp cookies and make a cheesecake and make a nut pate or something all in a few hours so that I have a lot of things kind of done and ready for me during the next week. But um, yes, so some of the very easy almond pulp recipes, I have a few on my website. It, there's a category called almond pulp recipes, actually. Is that what it's called? Yeah, raw almond pulp recipes. And so some of the really easy recipes to use that with immediately, there I have a little cookie recipe, which is just practically like almond pulp. I don't know what's in it. I haven't made it in a while. Almond pulp, a sweetener, and maybe flaxseed. Oh my gosh, I'm waiting for it to load. I can't even remember what's in it. Um, it's kind of a weird recipe, but it's so easy and you don't need any equipment, I think. So two cups almond pulp, some coconut, a sweetener, 
and some salt essentially and you just make little cookies and that the nice thing about that recipe as well is you don't need any equipment so if you've just made your almond pulp then you can just kind of like throw the almond pulp in a bowl add some coconut add a sweetener add some salt and mold them into cookies and just pop them in the dehydrator it actually is really fast and then my other favorite easy almond pulp recipe is called raw almond pulp fudge and it's quite a bit like my brownie recipe and this one just calls for half a cup of almond pulp but essentially you're kind of making a little brownie that you freeze and it has a really good texture actually like a fudgy texture because the almond pulp definitely has a very different texture than regular almonds so um it gives a different consistency and that's actually quite a nice recipe I like that one that's my favorite way to use up almond pulp and then my last one which I don't do that often but is make a pizza crust out of the almond pulp as well and that would require dehydrating of course so that is a little bit more, the little addendum at the end was about almond pulp uses. But I mean, worst case scenario, you could throw it away, but it you will see when you make it that it, it does, um, you get quite a bit of almond pulp with just using even one cup of almonds. So it's nice to be able to use it up. And I think there's a lot of fiber in it as well. Um, yes, so that is a little bit about nut milks. I hope you found that useful. And uh, it's definitely been inspiring me to make nut milk. I've kind of been out of the habit of it for a little while. I definitely go in phases of things and I'm not in a nut milk phase right now, but I think a nice tall glass of nut milk would be delicious. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And as always, I really appreciate you being here with me. And if you have any specific requests for future episodes of the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You could just send me an email at lj at or just tweet me or Instagram me or whatnot. So I guess I should end it there. Thank you again. And uh, I will talk to you soon. You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Raw Tarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste amazing. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter and once you've signed up for that, you'll automatically get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.